Have you ever wondered what's watching you in the dark? Listen as the modern Morai drags you into the macabre. We hope you like small life spaces. Welcome, everybody. It is the Tila, the Bria, and the Kara. You know what? I feel like picking my own animal today. Oh, snapperoos. <laughs> I do. What you going to be? I do. I want to channel it. I'm channeling. I'm channeling. I'm channeling. <laughs> I feel very weaselish. I feel like a weasel. You feel a like weasel? a weasel? I do. That's right. a lot of energy for you. I feel like you. a weasel. <laughs> I know. I know. That's spicy. But I've had a lot of caffeine today. Mm. I had a I had a coworker bring some Starbucks to work. Oh, and you know I kind of feel like a little like sassy, feeling a little sassy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's mine. Yours is mine. A little, a little sassy, sassy guy, little weasley, like, sassy, sassy guy. about it. <laughs> yeah, little weasel man. Not quite an otter. I like it. Right. Otters are tired, but I kind of feel like an otter who's tired, but a little sassy. <laughs> I feel like a weasel. <laughs> I love it. I'm doing I'm a here weasel for today. Living for it. And why are you choosing your own animal today, Kara? Tell us. Because, our fellow listeners, we are going to do shorts for the nor- the next four episodes? Yeah. Yes. Four for, episodes. For April. So, because, unfortunately, for you folks, we do have real human lives. Ah. You Boo. are terrible. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> 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 However, so we've had some... You know, real life things happen. And so for the next four weeks, we will be doing shorts. But in the shorts, you guys get all of our sassy condensed into 20 minutes. Hell Good yeah. Good luck and enjoy. Uh, maybe 20 minutes. We'll see. But we are, in, <laughs> we are excited to have you guys listen to our new format. And frankly, I hope you guys all enjoy it. And we'll so, be back in May. In May. We will be back in May with our full episodes. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. All right. We're going straight into the episode. Let's do it. Dive in. Dive in. Head first. Head. Head. And, you know, I know you all love our animal talk and you love our eBay items. But for the next couple of weeks, we're just, like, diving deep and hard. You're going to get raw and fucking fast. We're in the fast lane today and the fast next lane. four yeah. episodes. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's happening. You're getting porn style macabre. <laughs> porn style macabre. Raw, fast, and hard. Like we need it. Well, <laughs> that's the new intro. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Welcome to our porn style edition of the modern Moirai. <laughs> All right. So, my, which unfortunately for you guys, get to enjoy my murder. So we're actually going to talk about the uh, Corpse Wood Manor Murders. Ooh. Oh, snap. You would think by the name alone, oh my God, Corpse Wood, of course there's murders. Of course there's Satanism. 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 Anyways. With a place called Corpsewood Manor, you're like, oh, of course, you're worshiping the devil. That's got to be a thing. 
But to be honest, the reason that they named the Corpsewood Manor was because the oak trees around the manor actually weren't very fruitful. Um, they didn't have a lot of trees, or they didn't have a lot of, like, blossoms and things like that. And so it was kind of like a, even during, like, the height of blossoming season, it, it kind of still was a, like a skeleton um, forest. So they actually called it Corpsewood. But there was all sorts of craziness, Satanism, sex parties, the crazy. murder. Wait, is this the oh, nunnery? Good times in the fifties? No, okay. No, but it could have been. So and this all begins with Doctor Charles Shutter. So he's from a wealthy family and worked as a pharmacologist in Chicago's Loyola University, which is actually like a very pristine, like fancy university in Chicago. Um, he was described as brilliant. He was polished in 1976, which, you know, God knows what they meant by that. Um, soft-spoken, but confident. That's <laughs> what his resume said. <laughs> I like that. But after years of being in that society, he, like Schroeder, he grew tired of it. This wasn't his life. This wasn't who he was. And so he left the life of luxury and being a prominent doctor and and all of the things that comes with that in Chicago society. And he decided to escape. He escaped his world. And he escaped from, quote, taxes, light bills, gas bills, water bills, heating bills, and the helpless feeling that resulted from watching my old neighborhood disintegrate into an urban ghetto. So at this point, he's 50 years old. He's, he's made his name. He's made his doctorate. He like, he is a respected individual, but he's done. He's done with this bullshit. Yeah. He's done with it. He's, he's ready to move. He's ready to retire. But here's the thing is that in his documentary, in his non-documentary and like actual reports, things like that. So he was. Possibly, maybe, sort of, involved in LSD trials for U.S. military individuals. Ooh, that never ends well. Possibly, may or may not have indulged in that himself and may or may not have stolen almost 15,000 tabs of LSD when he left his not necessarily government-sanctioned doctoral investigation. I was going to say, who's got LSD tabs? Like, yeah. what doctor is that? I'm going. In the 70s and 80s. So it's not, like, it's not proven. So he was apparently involved in the whole, like, 1970s, 1980s LSD drugging of United States soldiers to understand, like, what their perspective was and things like that. And I think the most famous one is something we've talked about, which was ultra MK. Mm-hmm. So this is something we've covered before. Um, so, but the, you, the government has admitted to using LSD. So anyways, he was a doctor that was administrating this to soldiers at some point in time. 
it's very unclear timeline wise as to where he was doing it but it happened when he decided that he was no longer interested in continuing what was happening he left he just he retired and said fuck it i'm out but when he said fuck it i'm out he took about twenty thousand hits of lsd with him oh shit hell yeah so he was like take this with me He's getting wrecked. And no one could yeah. confirm it because it wasn't a sanctioned. It's like I'm taking your legal illegal drugs, bitches. Yeah. I'm taking this with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. And, and it's it's literally what he did. He was like, you can't fucking prove it. And I'm fucking out. So he did this and he moved with his gay lover. So we have to remember this is in the 80s at this point. So this isn't exactly common practice. So he moves with his lover. And they decide to build a manor. They're going to build a mansion. They're going to build their forever home, which is fantastic. And his his lover was named, his name was Joe Odom. And so they constructed a new residence literally by hand. These two men built this masonry, foundation, everything by hand. Obviously, they they had people, but 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 this was like their thing. Sweet. So it took them two years, and they literally constructed a castle in the middle of nowhere that was just theirs, and they called it Corpsewood Manor. And you know, terrifyingly, Corpsewood. You would think that you wouldn't want like corpse, but they named it because in autumn it was the first area that would shed their leaves. Over the entire area. So they called it a corpse. It was corpse wood. Why does that make it corpse? Because it's dying first. Because he's on LSD. Let's be real. Right. Uh -uh. (laughs) Touche. Since then, the woods have literally been barren. Dun, dun, dun. Uh -uh. Eh, So they built this beautiful house. And they built this beautiful castle. Where they could just live and be them. And they could have their own social life. Their social life was a little extravagant. little bougie. Um, so once they built the manor, they also built an additional chicken coop, which was not a chicken coop. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So it was a separate house that was three stories. And so the first floor was like storage for food and, and things like that. And the second second floor was their own personal entertainment area pornography and whatnot <laughs> and they're not bad pornography like like good like like normal human pornography and then the third floor was their pleasure chamber and they called it the pink room because it was decorated 100 percent pink and like they just bucked all social norms like they said fuck it and in the 70s you killed for that shit so that's pretty awesome but you know they did them and that's all that mattered. And they didn't ever invite anybody that wasn't interested. They didn't, they weren't pedophiles. They weren't fucking searching. They just had a lifestyle that they enjoyed. They was being them. And every once in a while, they'd invite somebody to it. And I, you know, applaud them for that. Good for you. When did they stop being them? <laughs> they didn't. They never stopped being them. Oh. Other people imposed on them. Oh, no. I don't like this story now. They're living their best life. They were. And they really were. 
So Shredder, who was, you know, the main the main character, uh, he was the one with money and he was the one with the drive. He'd always hidden his homosexuality until that they built the manor and then he brought his lover with them and, and they felt like they could live free, as they should. Mm-hmm. He was also a official member of the Church of Satan. I don't care who you are. The Church of Satan doesn't worship Satan. <laughs> they don't. Uh, what they do is they liberate their members to enjoy the experiences of being human. Boom. It's not about worshiping Satan. It's not about sacrificing kittens. <laughs> Anyways, regardless of the fact yeah. that he, he didn't conform to normal Christian philosophy. So he he was just a free spirit. He really was. He was a free spirit. He enjoyed his LSD. He enjoyed his weed. He enjoyed his lover. He enjoyed this beautiful castle and wonderful home they had made together where they could just be free to be them. And and honestly, that's how I look at it. Unfortunately, they invited these douchebags. So they had these beautiful mastiffs named Jezebub and Arsneth. Um, one's a name for a demon. The other, the other one is, if anybody knows HP, you know who we're talking about. But either way, they had these beautiful mastiffs that patrolled the the area. So uh, Shredder and Autumn, they would invite people to their, you know, drug and sex orgies and things like that. Because, you know, you know whatever. Their life. Don't give a fuck. What's an their orgy life. without other people? That's yeah. Why. <laughs> that's, that's just sex. <laughs> yeah. So during these parties, a 17-year-old of the name Kenneth Avery Brock Ooh. and his roommate, which is a 30-year-old Samuel Samuel Toddy West. Why does a 17-year-old have a 30-year-old you roommate? For real, damn. I don't know. It's the 70s. Mm, if the <laughs> like 70s that have explain taught anything. me anything, <laughs> yeah, it means that they were fucking. Any better about this? Yeah. <laughs> well, because in the 70s you weren't a pedophile; you were just a mature man. And how many girls got married off in their fucking 18s to 40-year-olds in that day and age? Like, true. Anyway, okay, okay. But anyways, so. This is in the 70s, late 70s, early 90s, early 80s. Um, so a 17-year-old, Kenneth Avery Brock and his roommate, 30-year-old Samuel Tony West, they decided that they just were done with it. So, the, so Kenneth had been to their house previously, and he had, you know, enjoyed some booze and some weed and some LSD, but nothing sexual had ever happened. He he just, you know, hung out with them. But he assumed that, oh my gosh, there's got to be money here. Because look at this house. It's got to be money. So his friend, who was the 30-year-old Samuel, as they started talking and they're like, oh, we're hard up for money. We got to do this. Decided to rob these two men who did nothing but build their dream home in the middle of nowhere, where no one would bother them. Except for these guys. Except for they were wrong. So Brock and West went up there. They brought two other people, Joey Wells and Teresa Huggins. So they brought them along for the ride, saying, hey, we're going to go up and we're going to party with these people. Joey and Teresa didn't know the end game. And so they went up there and like, yeah, 
it's going to be a great time. So they all four go up to the house. Schroeder was like, hey, come on in. Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, you got friends. Let's do this. Like, what's going on? Let's have some fun. (laughs) And Brock decided to go ahead and get his rifle from the car. And he shot Odom, who is the lover, and the two dogs. So he basically murdered everybody. I was like, this is that guy's whole family. Everything and everyone that Schroeder loved. He just killed them. And he killed them in front of them. His babies and his lover. Then they kind of took him like hostage and he tried to talk his way out of it. And he was like, no, I don't have any money. And he, he tried to really like connect with these guys. She said he desperately tried to humanize himself and it just didn't work. Is what she said. And so while he's trying to explain that there's no money, there's no, there's nothing. There's nothing. We spent everything we had to build this place and we are literally broke. There's no money. And so after hours and hours of torture, Brock and West actually just like decided like, damn, like Schroeder is actually telling the truth. Like he doesn't have any money. Mm-mm. And so they killed him. They shot him. Damn, pieces of shit. No, they're horrible. They're horrible. So the two accomplices, non-accomplices, they they scurried off. They were gone. But Brock and West, they were like, fuck. Like, they did all the murders. They did all the things. So they actually fled from the law, obviously. And so on their way to escape, they, they actually killed another person named Kirby Phillips. And they were trying to rob him. And he fought back and they killed him. So it was kind of like a robbery gone wrong. And then Brock apparently had like this huge like conscious issue. Like his like brain was like, no. And so he actually turned himself in. (laughs) No. And then five days later, West did the same thing. And they actually tell people that they were haunted. That they, they had to. Because it wouldn't stop the voices. And if they didn't tell the truth, they would never stop hearing the voices. Interesting. That's called a conscious motherfucker. Right? A yeah. conscience. That's how those work. Yeah. Uh, that's what that's called. Yeah, that's you're not conscious. You just have a conscience. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it, two guys who are successful in life decided to step away from society, live their own life by their own religious values and their own sexual values. And they never forced themselves. They were never portrayed as aggressors. They were two guys that just wanted to live a happy life. And two young douchebag fuckfaces said, I want that. And they fucking killed them. To ruin it. Sons of bitches. Ruined. And they killed their fucking dogs. For real, that's so And stupid. the dogs. Uh-uh. If y'all have any heartfelt emotional stories that you want to tell me about because I really feel this one email us at themodernmorai.com or follow us on all of the social medias facebook at themodernmorai instagram at modern.moirai.pod twitter at themodernmorai and tiktok at themodernmorai and tune in next week for another mini yeah okay bye bye <laughs> bye <laughs>